Hello and welcome to the Ripple Podcast. The podcast where we tell you all kinds of strange and unusual stories. And the ripples they create. AKA the story after the story. I'm Rosa. And I'm Angela. And this is the Ripple Podcast. Get Ripple, the bright new drink for that ring-a-ding flavor, Ripple. Okay, here we go. Oh, we're going. We're going. Okay, we're going. So? Um, this is episode 20. That's crazy. Can you stand it? Hopefully the sound quality on this one is slightly better than the last 19. We, we're getting better. It's evolving. Yeah. We're it's getting better. We're working on it. We are not professionals. We recorded our very first book club episode. Which was super fun. Which I talked over you the whole time. I'm used to it. I'm going to try not to. Yeah, right. I am. Um, how was your week? I feel like I didn't see you very much this week. Oh, I know. I mean, it was pretty normal. Pretty normal week. I didn't prepare anything to tell you about for this week. That's okay. You don't have to. How was your week? Um, pretty much the same as the last bunch. Um, we planted a garden and it's growing. So that's like my exciting news. That's really exciting. Isn't it? It's fun. We have beans and corn growing like a... Like a real farmer. Like a real farmer. I have a big swollen staff in front of my house um do you know when that staff is going to (laughs) release its pollen (laughs) i don't know but i do have this this beautiful agave plant and i've been taking pictures of it every single day to watch it's getting bigger and bigger and it's just engorging and any day now it's just gonna pop open and release it's really beautiful, though. It's huge. It is. It's, like, taller than my house now. And it just started doing that, like, does five it, days ago. Does it have pups? Are there yes. pups? Yeah. Because uh-huh. what happens usually is once, I mean, you probably know this, but once the agave blooms, that mother agave dies. Yeah. And then all, all the pups come out. Mm-hmm. The more you know... And this has been an episode of Botany 101 with Rosa and Angela, where we make shit up. <laughs> Act like we know stuff. All right. All right. So should we just get right into it? Yeah. Like, unless you want to share any other fun adventures I'm for your, sure from your week. I had planned on telling you stuff, but I don't remember. Yeah. And we, we talked for a long time and we're starting late tonight because yeah. we were chit-chatting for so long. And we had dinner and I'm so ridiculously full. It's not even funny. Yeah, me too. It's delicious though. Yeah. Shout out to Flight 126. Yep. Delivery. <laughs> de- not delivery. Pick, Pick up. up. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Yummy. Okay. So this week we are talking about cults. And. And. I'm first. I'm first. Ah, damn it. Okay. Yep. I'm first. Okay. You get to go first. Real quick. If you were to start a cult. Yeah. What would you worship? What would you wear and what would you eat? Okay. Um, We're putting you on the spot. Yeah. We didn't prep this. Not at all. But I, I asked you this a long time ago, so maybe you have some answers. I would worship... The ocean. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. I like that. 
I what's the next question? Eat and where? We would eat if we're worshiping the ocean. We're probably eating lots of raw fish, Ew. so sushi. Oh, okay. When you put it at, when you call it sushi, it sounds a lot better than just eating raw fish. We'd eat a lot of sushi, uh, and I like sushi. Sushi's mm-hmm. delish. Um, and we would wear nothing. I'd be all about the nakedness. All right. I kind of thought you would say that. Yeah, I'm. I'm a big naked person. Um, I love to be naked. naked person. I hate clothes. <laughs> I hate shoes. I yeah. If I could, when um, Audrey, my mother-in-law, moved into our backyard, um, Nick Nick Warner, <laughs> he's like, um, make sure that you call us ahead of time before you come up because Rosa just likes to walk around naked all the time. I'm like, oh my god, you seriously told your mom that? But it's fact yeah and now you know that rosa's mother-in-law lives in her backyard she does not for much longer though she's moving that's pretty soon. true but you make it sound like she's living in a playhouse like in your no it's a tent <laughs> <laughs> no she's got a little yeah little she space. has a setup um now you answer oh okay and you so, had time to prep your answers i did but i actually didn't even prep them but i'm gonna steal the answers that you gave me the first time i an- asked you this Oh, because you had a remember. really good person you worship answer. I did. And you said Dolly Parton. I do love her. That's a good one. She's I like that. so fantastic. I wish she was my big sister. Oh, I love Dolly Parton. Uh, as far as wearing, I mean, I feel like if you're going to go with Dolly Parton, you have to go with like the Western glam, like all the rhinestones and all the fringe. Big hair, big lips, big boobs. Big eyelashes. Mm-hmm. And then eat. Everything fried. Fair food. Hell yeah. Everything that you could find at a county fair, that's what we eat. Yeah. Like it? You want to join my cult? I might on the weekends. Okay. Yeah. I'll allow it. Okay, cool. I'm not going to be super strict about I that. I could be like a weekend cult girl. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Because I don't really want to be around you all the time. No, and I'm going to be naked. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> okay. You can wear some tassels, though. How about that? Put on some tassels. Dang, I can make this swing, <laughs> swing to the right, swing to the left, swing in, swing out. Sweet. Okay. I, I kind of don't think you're joking either. Oh, I'm not. Do you want to see a video? No, I'm good. Okay. That'll be for our Patreon level. Um, <laughs> at, at the $10 level on our Patreon you can see Rosa's tassel video. <laughs> we can put up a voting thing. Um, a for swing to the right, B left, C in. <laughs> All right. Go for Should it. Tell me about it? your cult. I we need know. a drink first. I was just going to say, didn't you bring a drink? I just brought Truly because I still haven't been to the store since yeah. this whole quarantine thing. Now that we're actually allowed to be closer than six feet from each other we can actually enjoy dinner together together. okay truly this is what uh original lemonade lemonade one which is like the oh shoot it's the sweetened version cheers cheers all right colts colts okay so before i tell you my story about this particular cult I'm going to give you some definitions about what a cult really is because this cult, like many cults, really doesn't think it's a cult, which seems to be a common trend. I don't know if you found that too. Absolutely. But Okay. 
And this is from psychiatrist Robert J. Lifton. So it's not, oh, it's not, my God, it's in my hand. So I knew what time it was. Uh-huh. Um, it's not from Webster's Dictionary. No, because that was too vague. Did you look that up? I did. But I didn't. <laughs> it was like anything. I didn't um, include it in my story. Mm. So. All right. So this guy, he taught at Harvard Medical School. So, you know, he's serious. And he had a paper titled Cult Formation in which he described three primary characteristics in which I wrote that wrong. Number one. Okay. A charismatic leader. Okay. Which I feel like we've talked about before. Which is super true. I'm super agree, I agree true. with that 100%. And this charismatic leader increasingly becomes the object of worship. So they just kind of get a God complex, it seems uh, Yeah. Like. And number two is a process of indoctrination or education that can be seen as coercive persuasion or thought reform. Explain that to me. Brainwashing. Okay, so their, their views get pushed on everyone is that yeah i guess so i mean it's what they say that's kind of open into interpretation and there's probably like varying levels of it too okay so um that a little bit more of that definition because i was kind of abbreviating but since you had a question the culmination of this process can be seen by members of the group often doing things that are not in their own best interest but consistently in the best interests of the group or its leader. Okay, I'm agree. I'm what I'm doing when you're saying these. I'm comparing them to my my cult, and so okay. far it's checking all the boxes for Perfect. mine as well. So when I tell you about my cult, you can tell me whether or not it's a cult. Okay, because it's like you know, it's it's open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is economic, sexual, or other explan. Uh, how do you say that word? I don't know what you're trying to say. Exploiting. Exploitation. There it is. I had a brain fart, sorry. Of group members by the leader. So they're exploiting them sexually? Or economically. Or oh. in other ways. Okay. Just anyway, like exploit- anyway, taking advantage of a group member. Okay. I 100% agree. All right. I'm with you. All right. Okay. Now, on to my story. So normally, I don't cover stories that everyone's already heard about because... Everybody's already heard about them, and somebody's right. probably done a way better job than I have. At probably done things. a lot more research. Most definitely, because <laughs> I wrote this story today. Um, and uh, this is going to be an exception because there is actually a Netflix documentary about this cult. And you've probably seen it or heard about it. Um, it's about a group of people that have very strong beliefs about their unique lifestyles. And they're willing to defend that lifestyle with a stockpile of guns and ammunition. I'm okay. Keep going. I don't know what it is yet. Ammunition makes me think Texas. Are you thinking Waco? I am, but I haven't seen it. You'd be wrong because I'm talking about Tiger King. (gasps) Shut the (laughs) hell up. I'm so excited. I was really hoping you would guess Waco. I was. That's where I was leading you on. Okay. So Tiger King is like three weeks ago. I'm which... so excited right now because I watched all of this. Did you watch it again or just you just watched it like when it was super popular? Like I just watched ago? it. Yeah. When we first started. Okay. But you know what? I didn't never I never did watch the um the last episode. The, whatever they released like in a bonus something or other. Yeah, they had the guy for, I forgot his name. The guy from the soup. Remember that show? The uh-huh. internet oh, yeah. show? Uh he interviewed all of them. 
Okay. Not all of them. He interviewed a lot of the, the characters, I'm going to call them, that were willing to be interviewed or that could be interviewed because you know Joe would have been there if he could have been. Uh, and it's like, uh, eh. Eh, it was all right. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, you're not missing much. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I'm sure everybody's super sick of, of hearing about Tiger King. It's like been way overdone and it's like every meme. like Every but. I'm going to tell you not about Joe Exotic, not about Jeff Lowe. I'm going to talk about Doc Antle. Hell yeah. And his... Ponytail guy? The ponytail guy. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, like I said, you've probably <gasps> been overwhelmed. Total cult. Total... So you've already decided it's Done. Cult? Okay. I've, I've already, okay. Yeah. Let's know, get into uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. So Doc Antle. His real name is Bhagavan... Mahanavi, which I'm sure I'm not pronouncing correctly. And the meaning of that name is God or friend of God, or as his son says, master of the universe. Key man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Master Key of man. the universe. Is he the master of the universe? Um, wait, that's his, his birth name? That's his birth name. I would have never. So he was born to be a cult leader. Damn right. Yeah. All right, so he also went by Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> which some people like they're kind of saying that's probably his birth name, that but no, he actually sounds... went by Kevin because his given name was so hard to pronounce and he grew up in California. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm just, you know what? I'm sick of you trying to pronounce it. I'm just going to go with Kevin. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that name that I said before that I'm not going to say again because I already butchered it once was actually his uh, given name by his mother. He was born in 1960 in Arizona and then he was later raised in California on a farm where he developed his passion for animals and it was influenced by his mother's interest in the Eastern philosophy. So that's where she got the name. It's actually a Hindu name. Okay. Where in California do you know? Salinas. Oh, okay. Yeah, Salinas Valley. I'm assuming a cattle ranch because they said she raised horses and he was into rodeo mm-hmm. stuff. So Salinas, that's where Bill and Ted, they had their great adventure. Their excellent adventure? Uh-huh. Really? Oh, excellent. Yeah. yeah. I always thought that was like in the valley. Uh-uh, Salinas. I'm pretty sure we're the water park. Oh. I don't know why that little bit of information. I haven't seen that movie for 15 years. But yeah, now I now I'll have to. Look I it don't up. know why I always envisioned them in the valley. All right, so Doc he drops out of high school, and then he decides to study abroad in China, and that is where he supposedly earned a doctoral degree in Chinese medicine after spending years in the field. Okay, so that's why they call him Doc because he has a doctorate. He says he does. I don't know. Online, that's debatable. Cannot be confirmed. But anyway, any, <laughs> <Try again. laughs> anyhow, uh, back in 1982 is when Doc, yeah, Reza, I see. It's a spider. <laughs> it's a giant daddy <laughs> long leg talk because walking you keep up pointing the wall. out the giant spider in the room. It's fine. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. It's just a little podcast friend. Our one loyal listener. What's his name? Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte? Yeah. Okay. All right. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> Very distracting. Okay, so in 1982, Doc was working as a yoga guru. So I imagine like when he was in China, he learned a lot about that sort of stuff because sure. he actually does have a lot of informative videos video, and stuff. Yeah, stuff about yoga. 
Okay. He's into that. Sure. And he happened to be hired to do a presentation for Exxon for their annual Like the convention. oil company? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't know, like an annual conference, maybe they hired somebody to, to like do a group yoga class or something. I don't know. It was really weird. I've Very gone, strange connection. I've gone to conferences before, like three-day events or whatever, Where and they they've had like yoga that? teachers and stuff in the mornings. Yeah. Right. So I imagine he didn't prep for this very well. So instead, he decides to bring a baby tiger. Oh. To distract. That's my theory. His lack of knowledge of yoga. I don't know. He just brings a baby tiger to the conference. They're like, hey, let's do some yoga. And he's like, hey, here's a baby tiger. That's not going to relax people. That's going to excite no, people. No, people loved it. Sure. And they lost their mind. And he was taking pictures left and right. Everybody wanted a picture with the baby tiger. It like it was the talk of Exxon, apparently, because <laughs> the following year, they ended up using that tiger for their inspiration of their new slogan, put a tiger in your tank. Yeah. That's a stupid slogan. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean. In your t- what? Uh-huh. He's, he's going to take full credit for that. Of course. And I'm sure he made a shit ton of money from that because that is what fueled him. Uh-huh. To- fueled. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even plan that. All right. So this success that Doc's uh, and Doc's proclaimed love for exotic animals is what led to the creation of the Institute for Greatly Endangered and Rare Species. Okay. Which, if you put that together, is T-I-G-E-R-S. Oh, tigers. Okay. I just imagine him, like, staying up one, one night trying to come up with something for each a letter. G letter, like, okay. a G word, a G word. Okay. Um, uh, greatness, uh, goodness. Godly, God. No, great, greatly, greatly endangered yes. animals. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's pretty cheesy. So he refers to this zoo of his as the greatest hands-on animal experience in the world. Wow. It's the core. The core business is that they raise these baby animals and they allow people to come and take tours. He has this 50-acre park. And these tours, according to Rolling Stone magazine, cost. Do you want to guess how much it costs to go spend three hours at the park? Is it like a one-on-one tour or like no? In a you're group? in a group. Three hundred dollars. Oh, you're close. You would have won the prices, right? It's three hundred and thirty-nine dollars a person, mm-hmm. and it's offered three times a week. And you can also get professional photos starting at one hundred and fifty dollars a person. Whoa! You are not allowed to take any outside photos or videos. So no cell phones, no none of that. No selfies, no TikToks, no YouTube. Nothing. Everything that's recorded has to be recorded by them. Did you ever go to the Malibu Winery? No. Is that the safari one? Uh-huh. No. Did um, you go? Uh-huh. I went. I didn't know that. I went with Amy. I won tickets to go on when she was doing that radio show. Mm-hmm. And um, we went together and I met that famous giraffe, Stanley, I think his name is. You met a famous giraffe? hmm I got to feed him. Oh. But they had a bunch of animals there. But it's, I mean, we saw zebras. We saw all kinds of super cool animals at the winery. Um, I didn't pay because I won the you tickets. Won but I, there's no way it was $300. And we got alcohol out of it. Yeah. It's been on Groupon. So I can't imagine it's like super over the top. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, I would totally go again. I don't even know if they're around anymore. I know they got a lot of slack after the fires. Oh, yeah. Um, that wasn't great. No. But I would go again. It was really fun. It was really fun. Yeah, it sounds like a good time. I'd be down. Field trip. Field trip. 
Okay, so Tigers also operated a satellite storefront at the Myrtle Beach Mall that would sell cub photos every, every summer. And then they also had a smaller facility in Miami that they hosted big cat shows at the Jungle Island Amusement Park. Okay. So he's doing all the stuff and things. Like he is definitely like making the most money he could possibly with make with all out these of this tigers. Thing. Absolutely. And with that, he's going to need some help. So Doc provided animals for several music videos, including P. Diddy, Janet Jackson, Ashanti. And in 2001, Doc was booked by Britney Spears to appear with the big hat behind her at the Music Video Awards. What song? A Slave. Good job. Where she's holding the albino snake. The python, which I think was also his snake. Was it? And if you look, okay, y'all, we'll post this probably as our Instagram photo for this episode. There's a, a picture of her and she has like the python over her shoulders and there's the tiger in the background and you can like see his creepy face. No way. <laughs> yeah. That's super funny. I'll have to, that will totally have to find that. tiger. When yeah. I did um, rock and roll half marathon, that's the outfit I wore. Oh, yeah. And I carried that damn six foot snake with me for the entire 13 miles. Oh, I would have ditched that thing so fast. Uh-uh, I spent like 25 bucks on it. <laughs> Part of my costume. Okay. So he also provided animals for Ace Ventura Pet Detective, The War, The Jungle Book, Ace Ventura When Nature Calls, Wild America. Mighty Joe Young, The Jungle Book 2, and Notorious Betty Page. I don't know that one. Neither do I. I knew all the others. Interesting. All right. So in order to sustain his operation, Doc would breed two litters a year, which would typically yield 10 to 15 new cubs every season. That doesn't seem extreme to me. I would have guessed a lot more than that. I would have guessed a lot more, but we're going to revisit that later on in the discussion. Because you know how I feel, and I know you feel the same way, about overpopulation of animals and overbreeding and stuff. Um, But his whole philosophy is that he's preserving the genetics, and if these endangered animals ever do become to the point where they need to have like supplemental tigers put back into the wild, he believes that he could do that. So keep that in mind. Okay. Got, all, right. all right. So now on to the culty stuff. Got it. Here we go. So Netflix refers to the episode that introduces Doc as cult of personality. So they aren't being very subtle when they try to portray his character. And he is definitely like, they just, as soon as you see him, you're like, okay, wait, why are you dancing? I'm singing that song. Cult of personality. Oh, that's a song? Did I make that? No, that's a song. Cult of Personality. That's all I can think of. Cult of Personality. I didn't know that was a song, but uh, that sounds like it's a song, maybe. If it's not, I'm copywriting it. You have a lot it. of random facts in your brain. I And none of them are important. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they portray his, his character as this head of this creepy leader of the zoo-based sex cult. So Doc describes you based. That was my very own writing. Are you proud of it? I might join that. I came up with that term. (laughs) So Doc describes his staff of skin tight leather and animal print clad ladies that have these like eerily similar plastered smiles on their face as a great big cohesive family. Sounds like something a cult leader would say. Totally. 
Now, you could take this as the description of how the cubs are raised, which is kind of how he tries to defend it. It's like, oh, no, like when we raise these cubs, we welcome them into our family. And our trainers are the leaders of those individual families. And they're the mothers of these cubs, right? All right. Yeah. And he has his son and his daughter both work there. And he describes like the animals as their brothers and sisters. Okay. 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 Right. Following him on that. Sure. Like cults. Okay. They're family. So now, you want to join the tiger sex zoo cults or whatever Sounds I call it. Sounds super fun. Let me tell you what it takes to join the tiger family, or what Doc refers to as the Ritz Carlton of animal sanctuaries. So all staff members must complete an intensive apprenticeship. There's no formal education required. But recruits must be single and childless. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Sorry. You can't join. I'm the first thing. I guess thing. it's just me. <laughs> uh, they cannot expect any time off for any reason. Well, I'm out again. Done. They must be within 20 pounds of their perfect athletic weight or working to get there. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Quarantine weight, baby. <laughs> ah, shit. Uh, I just bumped the mic. Um, they must be able to do push-ups pull-ups and run a 12-minute mile okay they must be vegetarian and can't smoke or drink i'm out (laughs) they also must submit a photo Uh, interesting yeah Mm -hmm. um it's like an audition it totally is most of all they must commit to the tiger way of life it's not just a workplace it is a lifestyle they must watch devil wears prada and kill bill 2 to get an idea of what to expect what have you watched either of those movies no because I, I don't really know what that i know that like devil wears prada the i thought that was a comedy i, I don't know right with like anne hathaway isn't anne I and glenn no close idea. i feel like they're in it i could t- i could be totally wrong but i i feel like they're in it and Kill Bill 2. I saw Kill Bill 1. I did too. I didn't see the second one though. I don't know what that means. Uh-uh. Did they do some crazy intensive training? The, that doesn't so. even make sense. None of it makes sense, Reza. Well, None of it okay. makes sense. Well, yeah. But in the Devil Wears Prada, like sh- the boss was a total bitch. I know that. That's like all I know so about it. So maybe that's what he's referring to. They're, he's going to treat his employees like shit? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of assumed. Okay. okay. All right. I have no idea. All Moving right. on. All right. So say you're in. You want to do this. Here's what you get. You are provided with room and board, access to the internet and cable, and $100 of a weekly stipend. Oh, well, isn't he generous? And I will say, okay, to play devil's advocate, there's a lot of internships that pay you nothing or next to nothing, especially ones that involve working with animals. No, I agree. Because it's competitive and... Everyone wants to do want, it. Yeah. I mean, so I will... I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try as much as I can to defend him. Just to give like both sides of the story. Uh-huh. All right. Um, so you are an apprentice for two years where you work intensi- intensively with the animals and have little to no free time. They're housed in converted horse stalls or trailers oh. while living on the compound. Oh, that's not pleasant. Well, I don't know. I lived in a trailer. A horse trailer? No, 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 no. A horse stall. A converted horse stall. Like converted into, I would imagine like a dorm room sort of thing. Uh, Not a horse trailer. I was thinking a horse trailer. Like, 
Like, those are not big. Well, they can be. There's some freaking huge horse trailers. Well, But okay. I'm sure it's not those. Like, a, I'm thinking like a two-stall horse trailer. Like, you're going to sleep on one side and I'm going to sleep on the other side. Well, they did share these with other trainers. Mm. So, I mean, it's not glamorous. No. By any means. Employees have been said to work long hours and they're often sleep deprived, which is not great when you're working with giant ass animals who have like knives for hands. No, but when you are trying to brainwash people, it's a really good thing. Okay. All right. You're checking the boxes. Okay. So allegedly socializing outside of the compound is discouraged, but it's like never like outrightly said. So, as we mentioned earlier, Doc has some physical requirements for employees, which could be explained. Like, you could say, okay, you need to be able to run. You need to be able to be strong enough to do the push-ups and pull-ups to work with these giant animals. Really strange that it seems like majority of the the employees, if not all of them, are women. Mm -hmm. And they all had to submit photos. And they all had to submit photos. You would think that if he was really concerned about like, okay, I want somebody big and strong, he would have gone Joe Exotic's route of like hiring college-age guys. That can lift an entire tiger over their head. Yeah. I don't know. Where these little petite girls... I'm not saying they're not strong. They're probably super strong. No, but... But it's just weird that the ratio seems to be, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, 99% women. That being except said... I already said that. Never mind. However, um, the only young man that we see on the series is Cody, which is his son. Mm-hmm. Um, I also checked out the YouTube channel just to see if like, okay, Doc's saying a lot of this stuff is really cherry picked by Netflix of like what they were going to show or not Netflix, but the whoever made the film. I think it, it was Netflix. Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I went on the YouTube channel and it's like the same thing. It's like all women in bikinis or like shorts or all Little, those sexy yeah. outfits. Mm-hmm. And then the only men they show that I was able to find anyway is Cody and then whatever celebrities happen to visit and do a little like shout out. I wonder why Cody doesn't have a weird name. It's Cody with a K if that mm. makes it any more unique. A little. Kind of like, you know, to go along with Kevin. <laughs> okay. So later in the documentary, we're introduced to Barbara Fisher, a former employee who went by the name of Bala when she was working for Doc. Yes, I remember, remember her. her? Mm-hmm. She was there from 1999 to 2007, and she spills the tea. Barbara did an interview with Elle magazine, and in that interview, she stated that like she found out about this entire thing by going to Doc's website when she was actually looking up yoga stuff. She wasn't even looking for the tiger thing. And she was super intrigued by the idea of working with the tigers. And so she went ahead and applied for the apprenticeship and sent her picture and whatnot. And she said she like barely even graduated high school and she had no experience working with like any animals other than her dog Dog. or something. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she rides to the compound. And she shows up. There's like a bunch of these beautiful women in their scantily clad leopard or whatever. Wasn't she super young? She was 19. Okay. 19 years old. They're walking the tigers around on leashes. She goes into the office. She meets Doc. She's sitting down, hearing about what she's going to do there. This chick walks in and sits in his lap. That's super professional. Red flag number 12. <laughs> Okay, she said she was too naive at the time to pick up on this, which I get because 
I I don't know. I feel like we've all been in weird situations where you don't realize until way later and you're like, holy shit, that was not okay. I told you about the, I, I think I may have even mentioned it on the podcast when I was going to um, get free dance lessons. <gasps> no, you didn't. I didn't? You, you know this. Okay. okay, so I was super into dance in high school. Like, I mm-hmm. loved it. I love dance. And I was going to be graduating high school soon, and I was going to get a job. And so I'm looking in the classifieds, and there's this ad that comes up that says, dancers needed will train. I'm like, score I can like get super cool choreography lessons for free and I'll make money at it so I call the number and the guy I talked to on the phone he's asking me you know questions like do I have any experience and what do I look like what are my measurements and I still I still have no clue yet I'm thinking like oh maybe it's for the costumes or whatever yeah you know when you're gonna be in Smash Mouth's new music video right totally Smash Mouth and um and then he goes well do you live at home still or are you out on your own I go oh no I live at home and then he says well do you think you can get out of the house without your parents knowing and I was like oh this is weird but it took me that long in the phone interview to figure to it out that it was for some nudie club, yeah. So luckily, I didn't actually go and get an audition. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it would have been awkward. <laughs> oh my god, I love that story. It's so good. Keep going. Okay, all right. So yeah, yeah. She lap and okay. So Barbara. She was housed in one of the horse stalls, and she worked long hours for little pay. However, she loved the bond that she developed with the cubs, and she loved the opportunity to work with, like, these such amazing, unique animals that most people never get to touch in their entire lives. So the environment was very competitive. Um, She found out that Doc had his apprentices as sexual partners so that they could be more bonded with him in some way. And he especially liked when they were virgins. Oh, gross. Yeah. Ew. So the first day that Doc led her to the horse stall, she was instantly filled with regret. But she had no car. She had no family nearby. She hardly had any money. And she felt like she had no place to go. She was trapped. Yeah, basically. Um, she also tells about the breast implants on Tiger <gasps> That's King. That's right. It was super weird. And she almost sounds like she was drugged, but she doesn't say that. I think it maybe it was just the sleep deprivation. Uh, and to keep up with the appearances that was desired from here, her and all the other girls, she went ahead and agreed to this breast augmentation surgery, even though she wasn't like 100% into it. She just kind of felt pressured. And he paid for it all. Oh, yeah. And uh, she was able to get a few days off of work to recover. And that was like the most enticing thing to her. At least that's the way she made it seem. Uh Uh-huh. Um... And apparently, he like, he wanted the women, obviously, they're all dressed alike. They all have, like, the same matching makeup and hairstyles. And they all have, like, this theme going on. And they're constantly just plastered smile. And he always says it's like, oh, it's to draw people in. It's to, like, you know, get the attention. It's like, you have a fucking elephant. Uh-huh. Why do you need boobs to draw somebody in? Yeah. You have giant-ass tigers. And you can let people pet cubs. I'm pretty sure that's not for the customers. No, the boobs are going to get in the way, if anything. Yeah. Okay. So Barbara, like the other girls, changed her name. And she changed it to the name that was given to them by Doc. After all, that's what all the other girls were doing. 
So Michelle changed her name to China, and she arrived at the compound when she was 17, and she's been there for like 20 years. Meredith became Mokasha, 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 and she had been there since she was 16 years old. Renee became Rahani, and I don't know how old she was exactly. I couldn't find it, but she had been there for 16 years, and when they show her on the documentary, she doesn't look all that old. Do does he ever kick them out for no. like at a certain oh. age? Like the one chick you said who's been there for twenty years, so she'd be like almost forty now. Uh huh. So she's still allowed to yeah. stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and she's like running the thing. Mm-hmm. China's like in charge of. I think I put it somewhere. Like she's in charge of like all of the cats. So she's like the mama now. Yeah, and then the one of the other chicks is like in charge of all of the apes and monkeys huh. and stuff. And they're like they have high up positions in the company now. Which is kind of the incentive. Are they still living in horse stables? No, they have their own houses. Remember, there was a scene where he's driving along in a golf cart and he's pointing out and he's like, oh, that's my girl China there. And that's, that's, so they all live on the compound, but they have their own. They have their own houses. Weird. Super weird. Okay. Okay. Uh, 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 So you could say like a lot of jobs have that, like where they put on a stage name. You know, especially if you're in a performance job, like if yeah. you work at Disneyland or whatever, and you're like, oh, totally. oh I play Tinkerbell. Oh, oh, I keep hitting the damn microphone. Um, <laughs> We're in different spots today, I know, so maybe it's, that's it's why. I know, it's screwing with my head. Um, but they all had their names legally changed. Oh, that's weird. So it's almost like they're having their old identity kind of wiped away, which I thought was really strange. Do you think, or do you know if they kept their last names? Or did they take his last name? I assume they kept their last names. Yeah. Nothing indicated that they didn't. Okay. So, uh, 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 so far, everything I've told you is more like just detailed versions of what you saw in Tiger King itself. But let me tell you a little bit more about what I found on the interwebs. Um, Barbara was the only woman that I could find who was actually confirmed to have worked for Doc and has come forward with these culty accusations. However, there are some anonymous claims on Reddit. Mm-hmm. And you got to take that with a grain of salt. Like, there's a lot of bullshitters on Reddit who say stuff to get attention or whatever. Oh, especially after Tiger King came out. Yeah. So let me read this to you, and you can take it or leave it, but this is the only other accusation I could find. And this is made by Reddit Throwaway Count. I was an apprentice at Tiger's and worked with Bala, a.k.a. Barbara. Everything she said is totally true. We worked so hard that you didn't even know which way was up. When you were done for the day, you were exhausted. When I came to my first interview with Doc, I'll never forget that he said we couldn't date each other because it was dangerous, but he did encourage casual sex. I was 17 at the time. We did make $100 a week, and you had to go with him to get it, like a father figure. Like I, I assume that means like you had to go ask him. Okay. Okay. Like an allowance. Yeah. Um. All of this was before the big TV show or anything, and we lived in little trailers. I remember once I had to leave to get my hair dyed, and I went to a person that did all of the girls' hair, and it was taking a really long time. They started calling the lady who was doing my hair and asking if I was really still there. While there was a lot of respect for the animals, I truly believe that everyone really thinks that they were doing a positive thing the animals were fed and cared for as good as it can be for any animal in captivity raised for entertainment for the public. 
but once I left, I could see from the outside that it was definitely a cult. Hmm. So what do you think about that? She doesn't give a whole lot of information that we didn't see on Tiger King Uh other than the hair dyeing story. Yeah. Um, Which, even in that in itself, I would almost think that he would bring in someone to do their hair. Well, I, I don't know if it was brought in. But, like, they're just calling to make sure, hey, is she still there? Well, did didn't take- it say that she left to go get her hair done? Oh, okay, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I mean, I'm totally interpreting that my way. But that also could be, like, hey, you have a shift to get back to. Hey, we can't get a hold of you. Can you call the hair place, see if she's still is there? She's still getting her hair done? Yeah. So, I don't know. The one thing that I took away is I would imagine that somebody who were going after Doc and wanted to make him sound bad and make up shit they would say that the animals weren't being treated well. Mm-hmm. And this person is saying, yeah, they were treated fine. Right. So I don't know. Could be real. Could be bullshit. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on. So Barbara shared. Um, okay. Sorry. I lost my spot. So everything that Barbara had basically was being controlled by Doc at this point. He controlled her name, her clothing, her hair, her makeup, even her boobs. And uh, she was free to leave at any time. She made that very clear. But if she were to leave, there was definitely like a sense of um, like a disrespect. Like you're not as dedicated as all of the other employees. So even though she was allowed to leave, she wasn't like really allowed to leave uh-huh. because she would kind of lose her ranking in the whole status of everything going on there. So what I don't think they said on um, Tiger King is how she did leave. So she her her grandmother passed away. And she did leave the compound to go to the funeral. Okay. So she goes to the funeral. She reconnects with, like, her high school boyfriend and kind of, like, is with him for a bit. And when she comes back, she finds out that she's pregnant. And then once she has this, like, other being. Well, then she's kicked out of the cult. Oh. No, I mean, I don't think she got kicked out. But she decided to leave after that for good. Mm-hmm. And even so, like, she was still super... Um, like in love with the whole idea and the people there and she had so much respect for doc and after she had her baby she, doc was actually one of the first people she called to tell him about it hmm. which is kind of interesting but then rolling stone did this like huge article about him and everything going on there and just like did and, and they told both sides they showed the good and the bad but when she read that she kind of had this outsider's perspective of looking in and she was like oh shit I was part of that. I was part of that. And like there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Huh. So it was kind of interesting. She talks about how even today she's going through like a ton of therapy and she can't do yoga anymore because it's like too much associated with that life and it freaks her out. Wow. Crazy, right? Okay. And like I said, she's the only one formally making this accusation, but I believe her. I I don't think she's lying. Well, I don't think she, yeah. She I, what does she have to gain? Exactly. She doesn't have anything to gain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, there's, she's not getting anything out of it. She didn't get paid for it, apparently. Like, she's not yeah. getting anything. So now let's hear Doc's side of the story. So first, he denies any kind of animal abuse or illegal euthanasia of the cups. So remember how we were talking about the 15 babies a year? Mm-hmm. So he claims that they spend the rest of their days on the compound. Almost every tiger or liger or lion that's born there, it lives there, it lives at its days at the compound, unless a select few get sold or like traded with partners, is what he says. Okay. Okay? So if that's true, let's do some tiger math. 
So each tiger, their lifespan is around like 15 to 20 years. So say they live 15 years. Okay. And he gets 15 new tigers every year. Mm-hmm. So by the time that first tiger dies, he would have 225 new tigers. Okay. That's not adding up. That's way too many tigers. To have. And doesn't he do two litters? Yeah. So wouldn't that be 220? No, no, no. It's like 15 total, I think. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm being on the conservative side. Okay. So either way, 225, yeah. I call bullshit. There's something happening. He's selling them on the black market. That's what I think. Uh Uh-huh. To celebrities or rich people. And a lot of people are saying, like, it's too much... um, for him to handle and like he just euthanizes them once they get because they apparently they can do pettings according to Tiger King which may not be accurate between the ages of 8 weeks and 12 weeks and after that they're too big because they're dangerous to the public so So these are being sold at 12 weeks or maybe they just keep them there for a while and then sell them I don't know I don't know it's really weird but let's get back to culty stuff so he's really vague about where they're going, and he's not saying that he's killing them, but he isn't really clear. He um, he has to maintain some sort of genetic diversity in the breeding program, so he can't really keep that many, I wouldn't think. No, because then they'll be all inbred. Right. So there's that one weird, crazy thing. Uh, the show claims that he took a number of his apprentices as wives, and he denies that. He claims he doesn't have any wives, and he was married, but his wife passed away 25 years ago in a car accident. Is that Cody's mom? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, yeah, I mean, legally he may not have wives, but it could be a not legal thing. Well, isn't that like what sister wives, like, you yeah, know? Yeah, I don't think they're all legally married. Yeah. So he says he has a few girlfriends, and they certainly know about each other, but he by no means is married to anybody. And he doesn't have a harem or a cult like they're suggesting. Um, he says that the women featured in Tiger King actually are his son's girlfriend, his granddaughter, his daughter, and their like friends and significant others. His family. His family. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Doc told Oxygen that he regarded Fisher's words as the rambling of a crazy child who has a lot of in my opinion issues and somehow those have boiled up denying her version of the events well that's not very nice no and she's like okay if she was if she graduated in 1999 she's like 39 or 40 right right around there yeah 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 hmm so, yeah, calling her a child is pretty messed up. Um, if there are any truths to that claim, it would highlight the systematic abuse of power. And this is a quote from Oxygen, and I think it kind of sums it up pretty well. So, uh, while we can't talk for these women, the patterns of control, dependency, and monitoring of movements, in this case through appearance, daily routine, or even sexual encounters, raises the possibility of coercive control and psychological manipulation. We should state at this point that polyamorous relationships are, of course, not inherently bad, providing all parties are consensual and there's no unfair power dynamics at play. And I think that pretty well sums it up, right? Like if you're yeah, if you're a willing party, then great. Go for it. And the thing is, he has freaking tigers. So I'm sure there's a lot of people who would be down. Mm-hmm. I don't see why he would need to manipulate teenagers to get to that. Well, and, and when you were reading that quote, 
um, about him calling her a child. Yeah. Okay, well, he was sleeping with said child 20 plus years ago. And even though he doesn't admit to it. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So. Bizarre. That is my story about uh, the Tiger King cult. And it was meant to be fun and lighthearted, but I don't know. Once you take away the uh, flower crown and bleached mullet, it's just kind of sad. Well, it's and interesting um, because my cult is very similar to yours. Oh, okay. Like crazy similar. So I'm going to let you finish. Okay. I have a, a just a little bit more. And I totally agree. I'm like, if you want to have multiple girlfriends, multiple boyfriends, if you want to so have be it. a brother-husband trio like Joe Exotic, I mean, have that's at it. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about like, that. Like, that's, that's fine. But don't, like, manipulate teenagers into to that sort of situation. Because the way I look at it, too, it's kind of like, um, what was the name of that Playboy show? Girls Next Door. Uh-huh. Oh, Hefner had Hefner. All Hugh Hefner had all of his girlfriends there. Mm-hmm. It was like, it wasn't any secret that they were all in a relationship together. They lived in the same home. And they got many benefits out of the situation. Totally. But it was all consensual. And, and, and they could leave at, when they wanted. Right. And I'm not saying that um, Barbara wasn't consenting, but it was definitely very pressured and I don't even know. It's like a weird gray area because are you really consenting at though? I don't know. Well, I, not, think, I don't even. I think she felt trapped. Right. With, yeah. Is the problem there. Yep. Exactly. So that's the dark side of Tiger King. At least one of the many, many dark sides. But um, just to be fair, I'm going to give you, this is kind of like my ripple. These are a few things that happened at Doc's compound after a little bit before, a little bit after, like a little bit mix of things behind the scenes. So um, first, Doc was the founder of the Rare Species Fund, which is a local ground level organization in support of global wildlife conservation. And he allocates resources to aid grassroots and worldwide conservation efforts. So that's great. It's very vague. Uh I don't know exactly what that means. And how much is going where. Right. In 2011, the organization helped forge a partnership with the U.S. Postal Service and produced the Save Vanishing Species stamps. Remember when those were out? No, but that's cool. Yeah. So they had a tiger stamp that went around and all the proceeds of that stamp went to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, who in turn allocated funding to various animal conservation projects. In addition to tigers and other big cats, the effort helps protect rhinos, great apes, marine turtles, and elephants from Africa and Asia, and the stamp is still circulating today. That's super cool. Super cool. Uh, The organization also helped forge a partnership with the U.S. Oh, I already said that, Postal Service. Um, And there was another thing on here. Oh, here it is. So he also spearheaded the Victoria Falls Anti-Poaching Unit, a measure to protect wildlife from hunters in Zimbabwe, in addition to the conservation through public health initiative in Uganda, it uses technology to help endangered chips. I love that. That's yeah, my favorite right cool. there. So then here's the bad side. Oh. Okay. Uh, Doc was um, found... Oh, in 1991, the United States Department of Agriculture hit Doc with a $3,500 fine for violating the Animal Welfare Act. I don't know what that involves. It could have been like something pretty benign it could have been something pretty serious i don't know that it doesn't mm. yeah uh in 2005 doc was restricted by the usda of holding the public petting events after a cub um after poor barriers and boundaries were discovered in 2019 
the Myrtle Beach compound was raided, but they found no proof of guilt. So they couldn't find anything wrong. Uh, PETA was leading an animal rights group, which had repeatedly called uh, for him to meet failing proper safety standards. None of those are big red flags to me. No, me neither. Like I thought, I, I Peta is going to call regardless. Right. Like it, as long as there's tigers there, Peta is going to be upset. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. So. Hmm. Bizarre. Yeah. Sorry, that wasn't more exciting. I, I wanted I, it to be. I was super into it. But I, I was. I was into it. That was crazy. It wasn't nearly as fun as I had hoped. It's all right. Cults aren't always fun in games. Yeah. Well, maybe yours will have a little bit more. Okay. Happy fun times. Well, um, I have a special drink. Okay. So I'm going to start with that. Okay. I'm going to have you pour this into those cups there. Okay. You're giving me a purpley liquid. Yes. It looks kind of thick. It's pretty, right? Viscous. Ew. That's a gross word. Mm-hmm. How and much then, of this? Um, that's, yeah, sure. Okay. I'm pouring all of it. All right. Um, and then I have some... Pink Raz Cranberry LaCroix. Yum. So dish that out. You're not going to tell me what this purple liquid is? Oh, it's just juice. Is it? Mm -hmm. With alcohol in it? Nope. Here's the alcohol. I've got just vodka for you, baby. This isn't Flavorade, is it? I don't know what that... Oops, sorry. I don't know what that is. What's Flavorade? Like Kool-Aid? Like Kool-Aid? Yeah. Like Jamestown? No. No. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not. I'm not making you drink the Kool-Aid. And then you're making that super pretty pink purple drink. You need a purple pink Ooh. twisty straw to drink it with. Okay. Do you want purple or pink? Um, I grabbed purple, so I'll go with purple. Okay, so mix it up. Oh, God. So you have a crazy straw. Uh-huh. And then um, as the teacher in me i'm gonna put my costume on you probably shouldn't tell people that on this oh, podcast i mean i'm not a teacher oh oh fun do you want some so Rose these is, oh go ahead these are purple rhinestones i'm putting three on my forehead is purple a very important color to this cult um it is i mean not necessarily purple but just pretty colors just pretty colors and then i'm gonna i have some glitter Oh, that I, I'm sparkling myself. Oh Come God. here. Come okay. here. You got to be in my cult. Ah! You went right on my eyes. I'm glad I had my eyes closed. Purple. Put it all over my eyelid now. Glitter. Super pretty. You're trying to blind me. And then I'm going to put a little of this on here. Oh, you're getting big glitters now. I have the shimmer, shimmery pixie glitter all over me. And now you're putting big glitters all over your... Here. Do I have to put that on? Yep. Mm -hmm. You have to be pretty. Oh, God. It's all about being pretty. And then I'm going to put this on over my headphones oh you're a unicorn i totally am a unicorn this is a unicorn cult a unicorn cult oh i'm glad because the tiger king thing really brought me down okay so you're drinking the most beautiful purpley pinky drink you can drink you're all sparkly and shiny wait can i have my drink oh, can you hand okay. it to me i, I know try. we're like super awkward positions yeah, tonight yeah we are cool thanks and then, um, so yeah, I'm going to tell you about the unicorn cult. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. It was way better than the zoo sex cult. <laughs> well, you don't know yet. Do you know of the unicorn cult? Well, you're going to find out. So, 
Um, oh, you didn't give your sources, but mm. we'll, we'll put those in show notes. Okay. Ah, it's okay. I just threw my straw across the room. So, Shofiqul Islam Udin. Woo! Was it yummy? Oh, the vodka was floating on the top. <laughs> he was born into a devout Bangladeshi Muslim household. Okay. In his words, it was very strict and sexually repressed. Oh. He felt shame about his desire for touch and sex. He left that world early on, he says. He decided to re- reinvent himself and create a happier person. Oh, I like it. So through that desire, he also um, participated in a lot of self-destructive behaviors. So for over two decades, he abused alcohol. Um, so cheers to oh, your drink. Okay. Um, and drugs. And he also became, at one point, a professional breakdancer. Fun. Super rad. Um, and the combination of his Muslim name being difficult for his friends to say, which was that Shofiqul I'm sure name. you nailed it. Yeah. Um, they And then his breakdancing style, which was kind of like 70s breakdancing, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, he was given the nickname Shaft from that 1971 film, Shaft. Sure, that one. Shaft. Um, and then, Do you really know that? I know the song. I've never seen the movie, but oh, I've seen I, I've I know the song. I've never heard of it before Shaft. in my life. Um, but that's been his name ever since. So kind of similar to Doc. Yeah. He was, you know, had a hard name that people couldn't pronounce. Kevin. Uh, <laughs> super hard to say. Um, so this guy goes as Shaft, which is also kind of like a shaft. <laughs> <laughs> like the shaft that's growing in my front yard right like now. the swollen shaft. So this is a quote that says, oh, sure. I am Shaft Uden, a yoni whisperer, tantric practitioner, international transformation facilitator, and sacred sexuality coach. I've spent years learning from the best tantric masters, teaching, researching the science of human sexuality and relationship dynamics to create the highest level trainings available. That is quite the description. He's also a unicorn. (gasps) And his goal is to create a free love utopia. So Shaft started his unicorn cult in 2011 after he attended a Burning Man festival. Of course. So you, have, okay, I was just going to ask you if you know what Burning Man is. I, I have friends that have gone to Burning Man, um, and they're the typical, stereotypical, like, Burning Man people. They're super, I like, could never free love. They're fr- uh-uh. very, like, here's a pill, take it. Oh, fun times. Um, Let's see what this one does. Right. Um, I mean, it looks crazy like i'm i mean people that go it would stress you out too it much. would i would be the person hiding in the outhouse if they even have outhouses <laughs> no i don't think they do curled up in a fetal position crying crying paranoid that the police were around like every single corner and hoping that nobody touches me no there's a lot of touching there going sure on is. at bernie man's so he attended this bernie man festival and during that time he got a vision that he was a unicorn god And he then created himself as this born-again unicorn. I wish I was that cool. (laughs) He became... um, Am I going to regret that right away? No. Well, we'll see. (laughs) Um, He began traveling the world and being, as in his words again, fabulous as a unicorn. Um, But obviously cults, they need followers. 
Yeah, that's usually a requirement. And if he's, yeah, traveling the world by himself, he needs to have some people with him. Unicorns need a herd. They do. They're herd animals. They're very social creatures. They absolutely. So enter Sammy, or Sammy Corn, (gasps) who is considered a pure blood. She is also, um, her side job is a kid's entertainer. That seems perfect. Yeah. She's super colorful. There's Amy, who um, does like the Comic-Con circuit, dressed as a unicorn. perfect. There's Miles. He's known as Magicorn, and he's a professional party promoter and DJ. Okay. And then there's Emma, who at the time of this, um, like the beginning of this documentary, um, was Shaft's like main unicorn. So Emma and Shaft met at a festival, and Shaft had a dream about her the first night they met, and then he had another dream about her, and then they just had, quote, full intercourse. Um, Well. You know, and then there were a bunch of other unicorns that the documentary kind of goes over, but those were kind of the main ones. There's one other one that I'm going to talk about in a bit, but... Uh, it talks about, like, Shaft, he was a super successful freelance art director for a really big TV network, um, and he said that the reason he was a freelance art director was because you can't catch a unicorn, so oh. he didn't want to be tied down to the corporate world, but he was pretty successful, um, I'm assuming because... I mean, he has quite a bit of money, and it, it kind of gets into that. I mean, Does it say what big TV network? I mean, if he's freelance, he probably worked for a few, yeah? Well, in his words, it was one of the biggest TV networks on the planet. Mm. And this is in the UK. Oh. So maybe. I don't know. The BBC? Is that UK? Am I totally, <laughs> totally mixing up my accents? Are they public or no? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I have I no mean, idea. It, did, it didn't still... say. It didn't. Okay. I have no idea. So um, all these unicorns, they're all covered in sparkles and glitter. They wear bright colors, tons of jewelry and makeup. And then each one wears this like super beautiful elaborate horn. And they go to out in groups and they go to raves and they walk the streets of London and people go by and they take pictures of them. Do they gallop? At some point do they, they do. They go like with their front hands kind of like. That's so They great. have tails. Oh, <laughs> how do the tails stay on? I think on their belt layer. Okay. I mean, it's I not like a butt plug. That's kind of where I was going with. I've but. seen those. But yeah, there's people like on the subways taking their pictures. And then there's also people in the subway that are just looking at them like, oh my God, this person better not sit down next to me. I would be that person. Although I can appreciate their uh, free spiritness, I am definitely way too uptight to... Creeped out about them. Yeah, I would be like, okay, I'm getting off at the next stop and out of the unicorn car. Yeah, and there's people, like there's this one point where um, the one unicorn, the kid entertainer one, I forget her name right now, but she's like got like a pink bunny, like a real bunny. Oh, as no. A pet. Oh, okay. I don't like them anymore. And um, she's getting in this little rowboat and like she's putting all her stuff in the boat and these people walking by, you can see the camera and the people walking by go, oh my God, there's all these weirdos out today. <laughs> so they definitely are looked at by a lot of people as being strange. But their goal is to share love. And they all practice a polyamorous lifestyle. Okay. That seems to be a common trend among cults. It does. Um, 
again, Shaft is the main male. There's um, that seems an appropriate name for the main male. Shaft. There's Miles. Um, they don't necessarily say his sexuality in the documentary, um, but he's I think leaning more towards a homosexual lifestyle. Um, there's, I mean, tons and tons of women and my, oh, there's more than just the ones that you yeah. There's quite oh, a wow. few. Okay, but those are the ones they focus on. Um and they all kind of have the same feeling like the world is just trying to tear people down and it's just their way of being happy. And they a lot of them live in the Unicorn headquarters which is in North London, UK and Shaft I think is the owner of this house. I, okay, I was just going to ask what it was. Yeah, it's a home. It kind of looks like um like, you know, in San Francisco, those, like, multi-level homes that mm-hmm. are real tall and skinny? Uh-huh. It kind of looks like that. I don't know what they would call that. They should head over to Doc's compound where they can all live in horse stalls. And they would love that. That would be perfect for them. Makes total sense. And they're all, I mean, beautiful. They're beautiful people. Beautiful ponies. Uh-huh. They are. And... Shaft was saying how most of the unicorns have had or currently have some sort of an addiction, kind of like what he struggled with. And I would imagine you have to be on a lot of drugs to join the unicorn cult. So that kind of tracks. Well, and a a lot of like psychedelic drugs, I Mm -hmm. think, too. Um, And they want to try to just recreate what happened at the burns that he attended because he like went on like a like a Burning Man circuit, just like traveled with Burning Man, <coughs> and so <coughs> I just inhaled my drink. <laughs> in his unicorn headquarters, that was kind of his goal: is to recreate the feeling that these burns created. That sounds exhausting. Like I, I can't imagine somebody does more than one Burning Man type festival in a year, and this guy's doing the circuit. He did, I didn't even know there was a circuit. I didn't either, but. According to Shaft, there's 10 principles of unicornia. Oh, jeez. And I'm just going to read you six. Okay. And tell me. I was going to say it tends a lot. How vague these are. Okay. But always be fabulous to one another and the unforced will deliver. The what? Unforced? What does that mean? I don't really know. Okay. Let's go with it. It might be a typo, but maybe not. Uh, When you shine, you enable others to shine around you. Okay. If you love everyone, there will be more love in the world. Eh, okay, right. You can't cage a unicorn. They are a symbol of freedom. Okay. <laughs> a unicorn is never late, nor never on time. What the fuck does that mean? And then the last one is never be afraid of change. Does the unicorn just not show up at all? It shows up when it wants to. Oh, okay. So over six months, this cult, unicorn cult, grew super fast. And then they had, like, various offshoots of unicorns. So there's the ones I kind of mentioned at the beginning that were the true bloods or the pure bloods. And they also had um, warrior corns and then glamour corns. And the glamour corns are super, super elaborate. Like, geez, I almost spilled my drink. Um, They have, like, fancy things in their hair. And they have just, I mean, their entire makeup is like 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 a photo shoot every single day. Like they're ready to go to the unicorn horse show. Yeah, they're like braided in, manes and tails. Yeah, exactly. The ribbons and the bows. They're like in the breed ring. Is that a thing? 
in dogs it is i don't know if it's in horses oh well a unicorn's not even a horse though i guess we shouldn't be calling them horses it's probably offensive probably so this one glamour corn, her name is Lauren, and she talks about her serious relationship that she had um, with a lamp. Wait, what? Uh-huh. And it was like a super deep relationship. They had this connection, and it was a source of light. Well, that's a thing. That's true, Lauren. It and is a source of light. It makes, you know, was making her and all of her friends look so good with the light it was emitting but no one was shining light on it <gasps> oh but it really didn't sad. care oh it didn't it just wanted to light that's up really others enlightening <laughs> stupid <laughs> so yeah she's like super into this you know telling the story about yeah. her lamp okay um no more drugs for lauren <laughs> well no lauren the glamicorn she mm-hmm. also gave a tour of her room at the unicorn headquarters yeah and it was decorated in all these butterflies. And there's like pink and sparkles and fluffy stuff hanging all over the ceiling. And she considers herself an artist. And her favorite thing to create is self-portraits. Okay. And then um, one of the pieces that she showed um, was entitled Sucking in Space. Sucking in Space. Uh-huh. And it's like a picture of like space. Like So there's okay. black uh-huh. with stars uh-huh. and planets. And then it's her, her face, okay, um, sucking a gigantic penis. Oh, see, I was just going to ask, sucking in space, does that mean that you are bringing the space in or does that mean you're literally in space and sucking? And you just answered that question yes. for me. So thank you. It's an That's inter- a much clearer picture uh-huh. now. It's an okay. intergalactic penis um, oh. that she imagined would be like super huge and wiggly worm-like. And then it wiggly came worm-like. out of a black hole. And then she also created, showed a picture of her vag art. And it was like this um, fuzzy, it was like a a tactile art piece. So the outer portion was like kind of fuzzy and there were pearls. Like a touch and and feel. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, It's a good one. I mean, you should probably bring that into your teaching. Yeah. You know, uh, anatomy class. Yep. So somehow there was money coming into the unicorn cult. Um, okay. Somehow. I, I'm Just not somehow. entirely sure if people were making donations. Maybe they if were they were selling, selling the artwork. Art. It's possible. But according to Shaft, anything 15, I'm sorry, 50 pounds, which is like around $40 in U.S. money. Okay. Um, and over, he said, goes to ourselves. And he referred to the group. Okay. And then he said anything below 50 goes to the Unikitty, which... The bu- fuck is that? It buys all the glitter in their toys. Oh. So... So it depends on the individual donation. Right. So... Where it... Okay, that, that seems... Bizarre? Not logical at all, but no. all right. Neither does dressing up like a unicorn, but... Okay. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, at, at their six-month review, Shaft also announced that he had given up alcohol. He was, like, clean from alcohol. Uh-huh. But he continued his drug use, saying that he um, <laughs> just had something wrong with him, and he couldn't connect with people without the drugs. Oh, that's and a bummer. His, one of his favorite drugs to use was um, ketamine. Do you, are you familiar ketamine? with ketamine? 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 Isn't ketamine? that the tranquilizer? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's also... 
like used for animals a yeah, lot. It's an animal tranquilizer. And he, you know, you can either inject it or drink it or snort it. I mean, you could do pretty much anything really? with it. Really? I had no um, idea. And it creates a dreamlike state. Okay. But it's also no, known as the date rape drug because, oh, um, like, if you take so much of it, you can't move. Like, oh, you're, fuck. yeah. Like, locked in. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still like you're still aware? Con- okay. I think you're like in a in a dreamlike. Oh, I mean, weird. yeah, scary. But that was like one of his favorites. Um. So Emma, the the main shaft unicorn girl, um, main shaft. <laughs> they broke up, and he got super depressed. Oh. Um. He was like really sad about it, but even though all the other unicorns are like trying to comfort him. Um, and he's like, I'm out. I'm just going to take off for a while. And he um, attends this, like, tantra retreat. He's going to go out to pasture. And he comes back. And he's wearing this skin-tight, beautiful, short red dress. Oh. He's waving a fan. Okay. Um, But he's still got his crazy, like, facial hair he has like oh this. i didn't know that he had this oh yeah I, i'll have to show you a picture it's pretty amazing he's got like um one of those mustaches that come and like kind of like curl the up yeah old tiny barbershop mustache uh-huh i mean he looks amazing he he looks rad okay and um he said that he learned some really cool new techniques at oh. this tantra retreat um and it turned him into chiquita squirt miller his inner feminine. Oh, I like that. Chiquita Squirt Miller. Uh, that reminds me of um, Princess Consuela Banana, Banana Hammock. Hammock. Yeah. Chiquita Squirt Miller. So okay. while he was at his retreat, he um, took the drug ayahuasca, mm-hmm. which is like kind of a Native American like a cactus, hallucinogen. Mm-hmm. And it gave him like visions that he was now a unicorn Jedi. Oh, fuck. So he hired this Jedi master to teach him the ways of the Jedi. And did he, you, where do you find one of those? Craigslist? Uh, he said he did like a Google search. Oh, okay. And this dude like came to his house with like big long sticks. Yeah. Shafts. <laughs> Oh, okay. um, he also visited a female wizard at one point to help him connect to himself. So he's just trying all these different things to create his inner happiness again. He's like kind of like like chasing that dragon, for lack of better words. Chasing that, that rainbow? Chasing that unicorn. Um, I'm super uncomfortable. I keep moving. Because um, you're in my chair and I'm oh, in your chair yeah, this week. it's not comfortable. Um, but as like the unicorn revolution began to clash, Wait, what? like the the cult. The, okay, I um, thought they were having a revolution. Well, like they're they're their own revolution. Okay, okay. Um, it like their their plans for the self love utopia. Um, it kind of just started getting too real for a lot of them, and their um real life just wasn't being fulfilled anymore. So they were like struggling with this is real, this is not like and they're not being fulfilled. So being a unicorn is so wonderful and amazing that now normal life is just so not dull worth it. And, mm-hmm. ugh, why can't I just be a unicorn all the time? So a lot of the glampede 
that they called themselves. Oh, that's um, really creative, actually. <laughs> I like that. Um, just started to leave the unicorn world. Aww. And, you know, a lot like Shaft, um, he is just getting his heart broken left and right because people that he cared about are leaving him. Um, and... So wait, when Shaft came back, was he a unicorn again, or was he, he still was okay. a unicorn? He was still a unicorn, but right? He, yeah, he, he was, was just a red dress unicorn, right? Okay, um, but he still considered himself like the unicorn Jedi. Okay, so this is the beginning of my ripple, mm-hmm. and this I went to Shaft's website. Um, I dropped my page, but I'll look up what his website is in a minute. And this is a quote. Um, so Vice is the um i guess news source or yeah if you want to call it that like editorial they're the one that made the documentary about the unicorns okay. uh-huh. so he says vice calls me quote tantric sex guru and times magazine calls me a male sex expert i'm just a bit of a juicy geek who likes to learn through playfulness and my passion just happens to be awakening the human body to its full potential so this is what Shaft is doing now. Um, his he's known as a sex guru that massage massages yonis. What is a yoni? Well, if you're a Shaft and you're giving a massage to a yoni, what I do you think a yoni is? I don't know. It's pretty much a vagina. Oh, okay. Um, he that's what he does now. He does vaginal massages. Mm-hmm. Okay. He says that he was living a double life at one point um, that was just fueled by alcohol and drugs. And he was looking for the ultimate pleasure. And he was super self-indulged, but he wasn't happy. And then he just had a relationship after relationship and he was just depressed. So he started to attend these different alternative therapies like meditation. Um, he learned about plant, plant medicine and then, of course, Tantra. And then in under two years, quote, he was free of addi- his addictions um, and he had learned the power of self-love. Oh, he okay. He switched. So his past addictions for drugs, alcohol, um, for pretty much new addictions. Um, but, you know, he thinks healthier uh-huh. ones. Um, he traded his craving of sex um, for the needing to make beautiful love. He says, my own personal healing and learning has taught me how to connect with the divine, unite my inner masculine and feminine. So it was during a ISTA training, which I don't know what that stands for, something tantric. Um, He was laying inside a lava cave shaped like a giant yoni. What? What is happening right now? That his life purpose became clear. He says, I am a conduit. For awakening the goddess within you. Oh, Jesus. So um, he says, where once my internal monologue was once self-hatred, my daily mantra is now, how can I serve? And he has like a million different classes and, uh, you know, things that he's taken like orgasmic meditation and erotic tantra rituals and... uh, uh, (laughs) I'm burping. And oh, man. I don't know. Just all these. I mean, lists and lists and lists of them. And then. I didn't realize there were so many classes. He also is the co-founder of Coravita, which is a heart-inspired wellness center bringing sacred sexual 
sexuality to Costa Rica. Um, it's a conscious community wow. that will be also launching in Thailand, Stockholm, and London. So he pretty much gives classes. He, you can um, do a two-day retreat with him. Uh-huh. And um, he has them for males or for females. On how to massage a yoni. On how to reach your inner love child. Oh. Pretty much. Um, what if you don't have an inner love child? He might create one for you. Okay. So the one-on-one coaching, it's like I said, it's a two-day retreat. Um, there's a VIP package. And a VIP package. <laughs> <laughs> and where is it? Um, Man, massaging vaginas for... Oh, this, is that him? That's him. We go up. I want to see. Hang on. Hang oh, on. Oh, okay. So the VIP package for women, it's, you know, gives a description um, how it's like a one one month long workshop a condensed month long. Oh, well no it's okay. condensed into two days i was gonna say that is way too long but look at the very last bold sentence in the vip package for women i also provide the boyfriend experience uh-huh okay and then the vip package for men he's like this is a way for you to bond like in a brotherly way or if you're into it, you can be sexual. Like he's he he can you wait, know. Wait wait wait. Why is there bonding in brotherly ways? Like uh, who who are they being brotherly with each other? With each other. And he's gonna ta- huh. he's gonna teach these guys how to like give self love to their goddess is what his his self thought is. To, okay. And then, I mean, there's, I mean, he has books so you can download his tutorials, um, but this is the way he's making his, his business now. I mean, he's definitely an entrepreneur. That's for sure. Absolutely. He's very attractive, man. He's very fit. Um, He, so yeah, you can take his online course. This is on his sacredsexualawakening.com or wow. page he's also on facebook and instagram okay of course i mean you've got to hit all the the marks but there's all his sessions um there's the twin goddess awakening so you know if there's twin two goddess. two women and him oh well, he has two hands um or hooves <laughs> but yeah that's him right there with the unicorn but he pretty much was able to open this sexual sacred awakening stuff Mm-hmm. Because of the unicorn cult and the popularity yeah. that it created. That's was, how he made his name. It all started with the vision at Burning Man. So, yeah, that's, that's mine. I, um, wonder, I wonder how uh, lucrative this is. I mean, it could be like really, really something. He, I mean, he charges the, for the VIP two-day package. It includes your room and your board and, and all of your food. Okay. It was, I think, oh, shoot. I looked it up. It was like 400 pounds. I don't know. I have no idea what that means. Which I think is less because 50 pounds equaled 40 US dollars. Yeah, I'm not going to do that math. That conversion. No. Um, I want to see what his uh, inspirational meme picture thing was. Scroll down. What was that? Here. They say the eyes are the gateway to the soul. I say the universe is the <laughs> gateway of cosmic creation. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got his marketing. I mean, because that was kind of his his career in the whole art direction, you know, publicity world. His 
his stuff is pretty fancy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Tantric massage sessions. Oh, yeah. There's a picture of a massage session going on that you, Rosa just scrolled to. And she is not getting her back massaged. Nope, definitely not. That is quite in the front. Um, you could book your tantric massage session today. So here. Oh. Oh wow. Yeah. There's see the mustache. Oh, he still has his curly mustache. Uh-huh. Okay. But yeah, this. I mean, you can you can go down some wormholes on this website. Oh, Click here to read a vulnerable and courageous account of a session written by a client to see the true healing power of this work. Tantra is truth. Isn't a, who's that celebrity that's all into tantrics? You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, shoot. Now I need to look it up. I, yeah. Uh, Hands-on session is 200 pounds. Oh, off if you buy the package. And there's four in the package. Yeah. When's your birthday? September? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. You going to send me there? Yep. I'll awaken my inner child. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, wow. that's that's my story. Yours was way more fun than mine. I appreciate that. That's a good way to end it. Oh, I also wanted to tell you. So a unicorn, like if you look it up on um, Urban Dictionary, mm-hmm. it's pretty much a woman who will is willing to participate in threesomes with like a committed couple. Um, and she pretty much like shows up, has sex, and leaves like there's no commitment there's no payment she's just there for her own enjoyment and to pleasure others hmm so that's kind of the unicorn and then you know I'm on a Facebook page or a member of unicorn moms yes I was thinking that the entire time every time you said unicorn I thought about your unicorn mom and I'm a I'm a Facebook I'm an original member of the unicorn moms Facebook page created by Maria Hunt, who... I don't know who that is. Well, she went to Rio Mesa. Oh, okay. And the way it started was she posted on another Facebook page um, in search of a unicorn. And it was kind of a joke. Some people knew what the unicorn was. Some people were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you would write that. That is so just you know distasteful because she was joking like I'm looking for oh that's what that's what it means of a third partner um I didn't realize that that's what so she started the unicorn mom Facebook page not looking for you know third a third partner sure sounds like it but what a unicorn mom is is like someone a mom that like a unicorn is is so perfect and and not real that there's no such thing as the perfect mom. Okay. Moms cuss. Moms. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> moms drink. Moms make mistakes. And we're all trying our best, but it's kind of unrealistic to be that unicorn. So we're all just going to be unicorn moms and, and just say fuck it together. Hey, so, that goes back to our book club. That yeah. That's perfectly. But that's what the whole unicorn mom is about. Um, so I looked it up. It's Sting. Sting is the celebrity who's way into tantrics. I'm oh. sure there's plenty of others, but that was the one that was like the first. Okay. Yeah, I didn't have had heard that. Yeah. The so. more you know. There it is. All right. Let's pick a theme for next week. Oh, yeah. Is it your turn to pick? Yeah, it is. Is it? I yeah. don't know. Oh, let's see if I can reach you, it. You picked cults? I did. All right. I will pick. How about Acts of Revenge? Oh, I like it. Okay. That better? Yeah. Acts of Revenge. Okay. All right. So until next week, don't forget to be a fountain and not a drain. Bye. Bye.